Don't put your dreams to bed. You've done that enough. Now it's time to stir them up. This is your friend and host, Kirstie Fleur, with the Visionary Woman podcast. And I love resourcing the visionary woman, the creative, the artist, the business owner, the risk taker. And on this show, we will talk about what it means to get out of your own way and take your dreams to the next level. Join the conversation. What was the biggest struggle or obstacle you faced during your entrepreneurship journey? And then how did you overcome it or what steps did you take? Well, I feel like I'm a baby in this entrepreneurship game, but I would say that I'm in the, like I'm in it. I'm not like overcome, but I'm in it right now and overcoming it as I'm in it. But I think for me is, and I've actually learned this from Renita, is being a working mom with a young child is figuring out the myth that there's not, letting go of the expectation that there always needs to be balance. And I'm going to say that because I, I remember having a conversation with Renita and I was like, I don't know how people have a perfectly clean Instagram house, um, have everything together at work and all these things. I'm like, balance, balance. You know, I was having this conversation with Renita about balance and she's like, there's seasons where there's not going to be balance and that's okay. And you need to let go of that, that perfectionism in you. That's like, it has to always be okay at all moments. And I, especially as women, we constantly have like, I will be working all day. I'll be working all night. I'll get home and then there's my daughter Zaya Incorporated and we're you know I'm working with her (laughs) you know you know until she goes to bed and you you're constantly on there's never a downtime as a mom as a woman like it's it's all 24 7 as you sleep you're waking up oh did I get socks did I get this is there diapers is there this it's constant and so I think um letting go of perfectionism and your own self criticism that isn't healthy and being okay with the ebbs and flows of life. Sometimes my laundry is going to sit there for a week and that's okay. You know, or two weeks or a month. Like, let's be real. And yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and it's like sometimes I'm thriving in this area and sometimes this area needs more help and that's okay. You know, and I just want to add on to that. Uh, I'm many, many years away from where you are now, but my daughter's here tonight or this afternoon. She flew in from Atlanta. And so, you know what? We, went, we made it through that, those seasons. We made it through those seasons, and we're really tight right now, and I'm happy that she's here. So that's, I just wanted to add that. I have a follow-up question. Um, I couldn't ask questions all day, so y'all going to have to stop me at some point. But <laughs> I, I want to know... When is the risk too high for the reward? How do you know your vision is worth it? When I tell you, I mean, there is nobody that works in investments uh, and works in exponential increase that does not take big risks. I have always been a big risk taker when it came to things that I believed in. The only time that I ever felt like the risk wasn't worth the reward was when I had a personal trauma trigger. And you'll know what I, so I would never take big financial risk because I grew up in poverty. I would never take big relationship risks because my heart had been broken. And so you have to, again, self-reflect and what are the things that you're telling yourself? And what's the story that you're telling yourself about the opportunity that's in front of you? 
because the weight of the reward might not be as valuable to you because you're still operating from a place of fear. See, risk and reward is all on the fear scale. So I used to tell my team, so it's it's different kinds of people. There's safe people, there's risk takers, and then there's me. I'm jumping off the cliff. I actually got a video of it. If you go search my TikTok and Instagram. I showed up for, I'm sorry, sorry, I be going in stories all the time. I'm in Nepal. My, my, uh, my, uh, my kids, my fellows come and pick me up from my hotel. And I had on a nice sundress and flip flops. My hair is in these big giant, um, crochet lock braids. And so we going up the mountain. Now Nepal is at the foot of the Himalayas, just in case y'all don't know where this is. Yeah, the Himalayan mountains. You know, when Martin was like, lay up under Himalaya. That's where I was. And I went from, I went there from Kathmandu. You know, black people always made jokes about Kathmandu. We all, he all the way in Kathmandu. So I literally went from Kathmandu to Himalayas. And I'm, we're driving up the Himalayan mountains. And I'm just like, mm, that's nice. And I see people paragliding off the top of the mountain. I mean, they jumping off. They jumping off. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to do that while I'm here. They's like, now? You want to go now? I'm like, why not? I get up there. We go to the top of the mountain. Now, this is like a 40-minute drive up a mountain to jump off the mountain. (laughs) Y'all ain't understanding what I'm saying. (laughs) The reward for me was taking that flight. The risk is that I could die. I increased my chances of dying by not being prepared. Because she had on flip-flops. <laughs> I told y'all what I had on. Flip-flops, a sundress, and big hair. So I get up there. All of these people that really, you know, are safe. They got on jeans, gym shoes. You know, they have on, they putting on helmets. The helmets are required. You have to sign a waiver if you die. It's not our fault. You're bad. I'm signing a waiver. The guy's like strapping me up. He's like, your shoes, they're going to come off. Only just put them in your backpack. He's like, well, how are you, you can't, you have with your feet. So the girls that's with me, they Asian. I'm black from West Side. I'm in a, not a strong nine. How are you going to let me borrow your shoe? <laughs> she literally takes off her shell toe Adidas. I'm in there like that boy, like Cinderella trying to. I'm like, fam, I'm going in barefoot. They all look at it. This is the mountain. This is a tourist attraction. Everybody over there. No shoes, fam. We, we got, how you going to land? We're on the ground. Everything look green. I don't know. He's like, well, you can't wear the helmet. It's not going to fit. I Like I told you it wasn't going to fit. I'm, he strapped me up. Y'all can go on my TikTok. Y'all can go on my social media and see it. Strapped me up. He got on the back of me. No helmet. Sundress hiked up to here because the straps go between your legs. So I just made shorts out the dress. I pulled the front up through the back. <laughs> we out there. Jump off the cliff and you can hear me saying, let's go. <laughs> the most incredible experience of my life. Now, when we landed, we did a little tuck and roll situation. But I'm telling you, when it is something, flying and soaring is my jam. Being in the sky is my jam. If you're not ready to take those kind of risks, I'm like, if I, I could die getting hit downtown in the car. You think I'm going to come all the way to Nepal and God going to let me get, let me die jumping off a cliff because I got because I have my gym shoes. It's not going to happen. And even if it did, I'm like, I did it. Y'all saw the video. 
I'm dead. And definitely bake that PDF with my the wings on my back, you know. For, y'all have to be ready to risk it all for the reward that you value. And if you're not ready to take that risk, then you don't want the reward. It's, a, it's an equation. To whom much, if you're not ready to take that risk, you don't want the reward. Because some stuff not that hard. I said when I woke up that morning and saw them jumping off the cliff, I want to do that. They can't pick me up today, now. Let's go. What's the, I ain't going back to the hotel. We drive back down the mountain to put on some gym shoes. Y'all know where I'm from? I'm from Maywood. What's a, what's a mountain? How did you deal with self-doubt during your entrepreneurship journey? Go to therapy. Don't be too proud. Okay, we're going to, okay, I'm coming back to Renita. I always say this because Renita is like my life coach. But I I think everything comes back to self-awareness. Like so many things come back to self-awareness. If you are not honest enough with yourself to be true enough with yourself to realize the root of things and deal with those things, like I don't think anything else matters if you can't deal with it. Yeah. If you cannot deal with the root and if you cannot be honest with yourself, then I don't feel like anything else matters. Okay, true story. This this past couple of weeks, it's been a lot of work to put on this conference. It's been long hours. We've been working around the clock trying to get this all together for you all to make it amazing. And I remember like my husband and I had a, a, a conversation and he kept, we were kind of, you know, you know, getting into it, scrapping a little bit. And he was like, are you being honest with yourself? Like, are you being honest with yourself about where you're at? And I kept being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Making all these excuses. And then he's like, I'm going to ask you again. Are you being honest with yourself? Are you being honest with yourself? And it was like, took the third time for me to be like, let me swallow my pride and realize, no, this is what I've been doing. This is the unhealthy behaviors that I've having. This is the triggers that I've been, you know, allowing to overtake me. And I haven't been stopping in that moment and, and knowing that I can take control of that. I've been just giving into it. And it was like, it, it was like, he kept saying that, but I wasn't, I was too proud to just release and be honest with the fact that I was like, no, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And it was like, and, and he was like, Liv, I'm not saying this for you to to intimidate you and make you feel weak. But he's like, unless you're speaking this out and being honest, you cannot grow. You cannot be strengthened. You know, and that was like, it took just like those three times of him looking me in the face to be like, are you being honest with yourself? So self-awareness, you know, being honest with yourself, getting the help that you need, not pushing that off. If you're like, you know, I'm dealing with anxiety again, or this is resurfacing, or this is coming up. Okay, what are you doing? Are you going to therapy? Are you talking to somebody about it? Are you in the gym? Are you getting your mind right? Like, what, what's happening? How are, how are we fixing this? That's really good. Um, <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> self-doubt. Self-doubt. How do I deal with self-doubt? Okay, so I think we all have this internal voice, whether good or bad, um, and probably we have both. Um, but for me, dealing with self-doubt 
it's, you know, it comes up in moments where I have things coming up, like this event, or when I have to get ready to go um, sing or perform or do something like that, or just on a regular day when I got to go sit and talk with an investor who I know could care less about a black woman in business, and he's looking at all the things I'm doing, and he's saying, wow, it looks like you're building an empire, but he's saying it in a way like, who do you think you are to be building an empire? Meanwhile, if a man was sitting in this seat, you know, white man or whoever else, it's impressive. Let's get some, you know, let's get some money behind this. I leave from those situations like, no, you know, because immediately I'm thinking, gosh, like, OK, maybe what I'm doing is not is not it. And I have to I have to center myself. I really do, because that is a lot of energy. That's a lot of negative energy. That's a lot of somebody else's pushing something on you. That's not true. And so I have to sit there. Sometimes I've sat in the car outside of me, investor meetings, and I'm just like, no, this is my vision. This is my dream. I'm not going anywhere until whatever I need for this vision comes to pass. I have to keep believing in it. And if I'm in my office or wherever I'm at, if I'm near a notepad, honestly, sometimes I cannot move forward if those negative thoughts are there. So if that self-doubt is there, it's like, you know, can you really do this? Are you going to? I can't move forward. Because that's the thought process. It's like, you know, that battlefield of the mind. You've got to break it. It's got to be broken. So I'll sit there. I'll write everything down. Okay, these are the thoughts that are coming up. I put it on a piece of paper, and I put it there. It's there. I'm not interested in trying to solve. The, every time something comes up, we don't have to solve the problem. I think that's the thing. We think we've got to fix everything. We've got a lot of stuff. Sometimes we don't need to fix anything. Sometimes we need to put the paper right there, write it down, and finish going. That's an easy way for your day to get hijacked if you feel like, man, I got to be in this problem right now. No, I have a business to run. I got to run my business right now. I got to take care of my family right now. I got to feed the dog or the cat or whatever you got to do. But getting hijacked all day because of your own self-doubt, because of everybody else's energy that they're pushing because maybe they're insecure or whatever the things are. But that's huge for me. And I do that, I mean, weekly, daily sometimes when things come up because... I'm in a male-dominated space when you're trying to raise funds and capital and all that stuff. It's, it's just men, and they get it easy, you know? So, with an idea. With an idea. No web, baby, no website, nothing. nothing. <laughs> just an idea. But that's them, you know, showing up with some confidence, right? That's, that's what that is. Um, I, uh, I remember the time when uh, my very last job in the military, I was uh, kind of like the city manager for the sixth largest city in South Dakota. Uh, but at the time when I was up for it, I was a, I was a the, uh, mission support group commander. I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. that. And so uh, I couldn't think of a person, a black woman, who'd had that position. And so I remembered Brigadier General Teresa Steele. And I was like, okay. But now when I have those moments where I'm exposing myself to something new or I'm feeling a little self-doubt, I remember what I've done. I remind myself what I've done, what I've overcome, what I have been exposed to, what I did that was different and new and that I was scared of and that I did it anyway. So, me. (laughs) I also want to just share really quickly that self-doubt is another form of fear. And it's rooted in past experiences. And so, what was the name of the song that I played? Fear is not your... So anytime that you're trying to get to the future, you can't depend on stuff that has kept you from it in the past. Fear is your past. Fear is everything that you have, you know, um, that has hurt you, attacked you, you know, made you feel uh, some kind of way. And then you have to be able to to move past that. So that self-doubt 
Doubt should be fleeting. Doubt should be fleeting. It's, it's a temporary emotion. Fear is the fear is false evidence appearing real. So until you can counteract your reality with something that that goes against what 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 has been a past practice, you're not going to be able to move forward. Fear is paralyzing. is It's not it's not real, but it looks real. But it's tied to a memory. Like if you say, you know, I'm scared to go through there because the last time I went through there, I slipped and fell down the stairs. The last time you went down there was ice. It's no ice. Why are you scared to go that way? Because the last time you went that way, X, Y, Z happened. The situation, the circumstances are completely different. We have two more questions. Hopefully we can squeeze them both in. Um, for Kirsty, we have, where was God in your process of finding what your internal soul needed? Oh, yeah. Well, one, I want to say that um, I write these courses, and when I do freedom sessions and, and different things like that, I do it in a way that it is not super religious and I, I grew up first of all I'm a pastor's kid I grew up in the church my dad's pastor dad was a pastor mom I grew up seeing a strong woman pastor that was that was my socialization that's what I saw um I'm an ordained minister went to school at Wheaton all the things you know I feel like Paul you know Jew Jews all the things but it doesn't matter is the point the point is like when I come into these spaces I want it to be where anybody can walk in the room I don't care what your religion is I don't care what perspective you have, I want people to be able to get freedom and people to be able to feel like they can be in this room and be connected regardless. And so <clears throat> God was all through the process. That's that's the biggest thing for me. Like from the beginning, my whole walk has been that. But the whole process for entrepreneurship, not even entrepreneurship, just life in general has literally been God saying, I want you to find your voice. This is about you. It's not what other people have put on you. It's not, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a worship leader. You're going to be this. You're going to be all these things. But what do you, he cared about the internal things for me, my soul, what I wanted to do, you know, how he wired me. And that was a journey. That was, that's really what this whole thing was about for me, the journey of finding my voice, finding myself, not who my mom is. She's such a bold, I mean, she's, Y'all, she's a bold, phenomenal speaker. It's just She's traveled the world, preaching and doing all the things, and I'm more reserved. I'm more soft-spoken, and I'm the way that I am. And growing up that way was intimidating because you're like, oh, I got to try to be how my mom was, or my dad's a traveling evangelist. doing. I've got to try to be like them. And then it hit me one day, I can't be like them. I'm not interested in measuring up to them. Who am I? What is my voice? And um, and so I dealt with all the things like, oh, you singing that devil music, you know, like all the weird things like, you know, R&B and soul and jazz. I'm like, this is the like this is black people's soul. You know what I'm saying? Where this music comes from. That's knowing your history and and who you are and all the things or whatever. But he's been y'all. It's the whole journey. It, it literally is the whole thing. Soul health. The whole th- my whole perspective on soul health is what God says about our soul. If you read the Bible, he talks about I have value for the soul, how important the soul is. And so when I'm in Christian spaces, it's the proclivity to like put a scripture behind everything, do all the things, you know, to make it feel centered to the the scripture. But you should be able to feel the spirit on the thing and know where it's coming from, you know. So, yeah, he's been all up and through all of this, (laughs) y'all. 
Um, the last question is, what was your most significant failure and what did they teach you? And I would like to add to that, um, what is the difference between a failure and a setback? Well, well, uh, okay. A uh, significant failure. Mm. Well, I would, I would say it's a personal one. I'm divorced. And so, you know, that was something that was really disappointing that, that, um, that I, that I could not see that through, but, you know, it opened up just so much more for me because it was not a, it was not a healthy marriage. It was not a healthy relationship. Um, and I would just say with regard to failure, every failure is just an opportunity to learn what didn't work, right? So there's no such thing as if you are open to learning, if you're open to learning, to seeing the lessons of, you know, what happened or what you didn't do or what, you know, what was, what was wrong, you know, but it's just another way to find out what doesn't work. And so uh, I was a part of a nonprofit called the Social Leadership Academy. And one of the things we talked about was fail fast, find out what doesn't work fast so that you can eliminate that as a path, as a journey and move on to the next thing. So for me, it was not getting my private pilot's license. Uh, Of course, getting that flight at 16 years old, um, deciding I was going to go to school in aviation flight. Um, I got down to the aviation program, and it was racist. It was sexist. I was one of only two black girls in that program in four years. Um, I was an honor student coming into the university. I got D's in my first aviation classes, not because... I didn't know the stuff. It was because I was a target, and the target was on my back. But you can't make excuses. I could have I done it, but the fact that I didn't get my pilot's license, God turned my biggest failure into an incredible empire that's building pipelines of pilots for the world. Like, not just pilots. Not just pilots. Mechanics, flight attendants, engineers, architects, you know, technologists. I'm like... So, so when you think about what, when you think about your biggest, when you think about your biggest failure, go back. I, I got to even go back to scripture because this this blew my mind. When David slept with that man's wife, Uriah's wife, and while Uriah was, at, he sent Uriah out to the battlefield to so that he would be killed on the front lines because he had got his wife pregnant while he was gone. Y'all got to know the Bible is is so crazy. It's crazy. This man was the king. Had any woman in the kingdom that he could want. Went outside on his balcony, saw a girl taking a bath butt naked across the street. He like, go get her. Bring her back. He sleep with her. She get pregnant. He sent her husband to the front line. Do y'all know that the baby that David conceived with that mistress became the lineage that Jesus came through? Y'all don't understand. Your mistake is not a mistake. Your failure is not a failure. The Bible says all things work for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. See, I'm so tired of people saying parts of scripture and not saying the whole thing. Everything don't work for the good of everybody all the time. No. All things work for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. God's purpose for me wasn't to get my private pilot's If I had got my pilot's license, I would have been an incredible pilot. And it would have been me and my pilot and my pilot kids and my pilot family. But because I didn't get my pilot's license, 
Hundreds of kids are getting careers in the aviation industry all over the United States and now internationally. You have to understand that your failures is not a mistake. And everything can be redeemed. Everything that you do that don't turn out right can be redeemed. And when sometimes when you're reading the Bible, it don't make sense. And it's saying such and such begat such and such and such and such. And you go and you all of those begat, begats, begat. And it go back to to tell girl that was naked on the roof that 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 David smashed. <laughs> this is how I read the Bible. I'm sorry. This is how me and God, he know he he know me. God know me. That is crazy. But see, it's not going to all make sense until it do. And so you have to you have to have that aerial view. You have to lead from an aerial perspective because what what you see in that mistake is so devastating in that moment. But in a relationship and in a marriage that's killing you is a failed marriage a mistake. Absolutely not. It may feel like a, fa- a personal failure at the time, but you wasn't on the nine o'clock news because y- your husband went crazy and you wasn't on snapping in jail because you had an idea in the middle of the night to go get that thing and put this all to listen. Y'all have to. I'm always be real. Y'all have to understand that a mistake and a failure and a setback. They all work for your good when you move in the space and operate under the power that you're supposed to be operating in. I don't believe in mistakes and failures. And it ain't even a setback because if it delays something, just like you run into traffic and next thing you know, it's a huge accident. What? Thank you for the setback or for the salvation and saving grace, whatever you want to call it. But we put in our mind that we know the whole story and we don't. And so we take these moments in time and, and we write the book about it. And then we clo- we put the pen down like the book is done. You writing your memoir at 17 years old. What kind of sense do that make? I'm going to write my documentary. This is all. I done failed. I'm 35. I ain't got my business. I ain't got my car. I ain't got my house. The end. That's crazy, y'all. We can't, we can't let this, we cannot let these small things deter us and distract us from the initial vision and drive that we have inside us to accomplish what. Everybody in this room already know what that thing is. Everybody in the room already knows. People say, I haven't found my passion. Yes, you have. You have. It's in there. Go get it. Dust it off and get to work. Thank you all so much. Thanks for listening and joining the conversation today here on the Visionary Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to join our growing community, the FF Social Club, please comment, like, and subscribe so that you can be updated on our upcoming episodes and more happening over at freedomfloor.com. To catch the latest from me and to access amazing resources from visionaries just like yourself, please visit me on the web at www.kirstiefleur.com. Thanks again for hanging out with me and I'll see you next time. Until then, don't forget to be visionary.